0: Today's episode of Nothing Personal is sponsored by Sonos Arc, the premium smart sound bar for TV, movies, music, gaming, and more. Stay tuned for additional details about Sonos Arc later in today's episode. Here you go. Here you go. Viva Las Vegas. Viva Las Vegas. Nothing personal. Word of the day. And a double entendre. I'm coming to you live from Memphis. Word of the day, I was going to be walking in Memphis. Because I'm walking in Memphis. But no, we got to talk about Las Vegas and the king. Double entendre, get it? Word of the day, Wednesday, May 11th. Let's break it down. It's relocation time. It's threatening the public time. It's, oh my God, the Oakland A's need a ballpark time. So as nothing personal fans, you're very aware. There are two situations in baseball that are a real problem. The Tampa Bay Rays have no place to play because they don't want to stay in the trop in St. Pete. The Oakland A's have no place to play. They don't want to stay at the Coliseum site in Oakland. So the process goes like this. The owner of the A's, John Fisher, he spends his time working with Major League Baseball, and they make sure that the owner has done everything possible to get a ballpark in a particular city, which happens to be the original city of the team. You have to show effort. And I'm not talking about a day's worth of effort or a week's worth of effort. I'm talking about a sustained effort over a period of years before Major League Baseball will let you consider relocation. The reason why there's so much news being made about what happened with the Oakland A's is because is that you've been misled. You've been purposefully misled by baseball and by the Oakland A's organization. And I want to explain what that is and why that is. The actual process is that Major League Baseball does not grant permission for a team to explore relocation without that team first asking for permission to explore relocation. You don't wake up one day, get a call from Rod Manford and say, Johnny, start exploring relocation. Hello, it's very early in the day, you know, I'm three hours behind you. Rob, what are you talking about? That's not what happens, folks. They've got meetings upon meetings where they're doing reports on different possible relocation cities. MLB is thinking about which cities they want to relocate to versus which cities they want to use for expansion. Do you think there's a coincidence that MLB, Rob Manford, says that it's possible expansion fees could be up to $2.2 billion? I'm just curious. Do you think that's a coincidence? For an owner to relocate, he has to pay a relocation fee. That relocation fee has to be equal to or greater than an expansion fee because if you relocate to a city that's a possible expansion city, then you are taking expansion dollars out of the other owner's pockets and the owners will not give you their vote. Therefore, you say you'll pay a relocation fee. Do you think that there's a negotiation that happens between a team and the league with what the relocation fee will be? Of course there is. Do you think that that relocation fee is discussed before the Oakland A's seek permission to seek relocation? Yes. Do you think that seeking approval to relocate means that the Oakland A's are going to relocate? No. Do you think that baseball agreed to say they instructed the A's to relocate and to start seeking relocation possibilities because the A's wanted not to offend their fans? and playing baseball? Yes. Is that how we did it? No. I want to explain why we did what we did in Florida. We also needed permission from baseball to seek relocation. And that's when we went to various places, whether it be Charlotte, Portland, San Antonio, Vegas, et cetera. And we wanted the local Miami officials to know very well that we were the ones seeking to relocate because you and the public were not giving us the deal that we needed to be competitive a lot of irony there. Don't at me at David P. Sampson. I understand it hasn't worked out. I get it. But if you actually look back at the Marlins Park deal and the total amount of public involvement, can I give you a little primer here? That was 2009. So it's about 12 years ago. It was a $515 million project. And the public put in $515 minus $165. So they put in about $340 When people tell you they put billions of dollars in, they're not telling you the truth. That's like when you buy a house, I've explained to you, and you get a mortgage for $100,000, but you pay back over 30 years, $200,000. That still means you borrowed $100,000. There's just something called interest. So there's interest on the money that the county borrowed in order to participate in Marlins Park. But in Oakland, what they're saying is, don't you worry, folks. We are going to privately pay for this ballpark. We're going to fund the whole thing. Well, if that were true, why hasn't it been approved yet? Ah, because they're not telling you the truth. The Oakland plan does call for a privately financed stadium. But guess what you need in addition to a stadium? It's called infrastructure. And what the Oakland A's are asking is for almost $900 million of public money, $900 million of public money to help in the project, which will include, might I add, ancillary development, hotels, retail space, and all the stuff that is not subject to revenue sharing, all that can help the Oakland A's make it work. What are they trying to make work? They're trying to make it work so they can pay for the ballpark without paying for the ballpark. This is economics 303. Remember a few episodes ago, we talked about what Derek Call and the Arizona Diamondbacks are doing when they're allowed to tax you a user tax of 9% for anything you buy inside Chase Field, and they're going to use that money to pay to refurbish Chase Field, but say they paid for it themselves. Now, don't feel badly in Oakland or San Francisco, even though you've lost two teams in Oakland and MLB made sure to point that out can you imagine MLB in their statement wanted to make sure that it was very clear that two other sports franchises recently have left the community so that's why it's so important for the Oakland A's to stay in Oakland it's such a crock of crap they put that in they only did that to try to get to the heartstrings of the politicians to say you want to be the politician that's what they're saying behind the scenes you want to be the person who is here when every single professional sports team left Oakland? You sure? That's what you want to be your legacy? Why don't you go call Mayor Carlos Alvarez of Miami and see if he's happy with the legacy of keeping baseball in Miami? It got him recalled. So I understand why baseball is trying to appeal to the hard strings. It's just not going to work. MLB also said in their statement, and on a side note, for those of you who think that they're going to build on the Coliseum site, they wanted to take care of that immediately. MLB and say the Oakland Oakland Coliseum site is not a viable option for the future vision of baseball. Of course, that's absolute horse hockey. Anything can be a vision. Do you know that John Henry was offered the Winwood site, what is now Winwood in Miami, to have Marlins Park financed publicly financed, and he thought Winwood would never develop into anything. and Now Winwood in Miami is this amazing place. So I don't believe that the people who work in baseball, nor the owner of the Oakland A's, nor the president, I don't think any of them have a full understanding they're not into uh, urban development. It's not what they do for a living. Having a future vision, you can make the future vision, but Oakland doesn't want to plan the Coliseum site because their view is it's not in the right place. They don't have enough room to do ancillary development. They can't do a deal to do the ancillary development that they wanted to do, et cetera. So then baseball provides cover to Oakland. We have instructed the athletics to begin to explore other markets while they continue to pursue a waterfront ballpark in Oakland. So what's going to happen now? What's going to happen is you're going to see the president of the Oakland A's. They're going to hire a consultant, which we never did. They're going to go schlep around the country, talk to cities, try to cut deals. And then they're going to go back to Oakland and say, here's the deal that we can get in another city. Are you sure that you don't want to do a deal here? Meanwhile, they're talking to baseball to make sure that they can have the other city where they can cut a deal, make sure they know the exact relocation fee of what it'll be. And by the way, it's going to have to be on the West Coast. So for those people in Charlotte, those people in Montreal, you're not getting the Oakland because you have your best chance either to have Tampa relocate from east to east or when there is expansion of two teams. So Oakland is going to go do all this. And it's very hard because I had to do it. And you have to wear a cowboy hat and cowboy boots watching your team play against the Astros, knowing that people are wondering what the hell you're doing while trying to sell season tickets and trying to get corporate sponsorship and show how committed you are to your own community. It's almost impossible to do but the A's tried by releasing an immediate letter to their fans. And I just wanted to point out how interesting this letter was and how hard this is. It's a very, very hard line to walk. A's fan. I think the letter started, which makes me smile because it should have been A's fans because there's more than one A's fan. So I may have gotten it wrong. Today, they started with what everybody... Do you know when you read an article, Coca, Do you know the percentage of people who read the first paragraph and the last paragraph of every article? That's the majority. So you got to start strong. Today, Major League Baseball instructed the A's to begin exploring other markets while we continue to pursue the Oakland Waterfront Ballpark Project. Does that sound familiar? And then, cry me a river, they said, this is not an easy directive for our fans to hear. They don't care about the fans. I'm sorry. It's a business. This is exactly what our show is about. Everything they're doing is for business only, period. They want to guarantee they can have the highest payroll possible while making the most money on a year-to-year basis and increase the value of their team while minimizing the investment to get a state-of-the-art ballpark, which will increase their revenues by definition. But then they make sure that you're listening, fans, and they say, here's why we need a new ballpark. What is the main reason I said? You remember I said we had to be competitive because when we're competitive, we can win more World Series. So the letter says we've presented a we believe in the vision we have presented for a waterfront ballpark, the one where the public has to put in almost nine hundred million dollars. It's a project that will create jobs, housing, open parks, countless community benefits for Oakland residents and. Of course, you put everything that's good for the people first. Good job. And it will set the stage for more World Series titles for her fans. Okay. After four years, they said to their fans, it's been four years they've tried. The Marlins tried for 10 years, but that's okay. After four years of work, MLB is concerned with the rate of progress with local officials. Translation, MLB's had enough of... Oakland and its local officials not poning up the money in order to get a ballpark built in order to get the infrastructure done and to get the deal done that the OAS owners need. Because rest assured, Rob Manford and the other owners Want the ballpark to be at the waterfront in Oakland so they do not have to worry about John Fisher and the Oakland A's any longer, like they want Tampa to figure out how to get a stadium in Tampa, because then every single other market can fight over themselves for the two expansion slots, which are going to happen here in the next five or seven years. And that will drive the price up. And it will drive the price up, not just for the team, but also what the community has to throw in in order to be that expansion team. So everything fits together. And I just, I know you know that. I really do. Because that's what we talk about in Nothing Personal, is how to put a deal together. Now, I just want to tell you about the end of their letter. Because it's what you have to write when you're the president. His name is Dave Cavill. He's a good guy, a good president. Please no. So just a little hint, Dave, when you're writing a letter, you don't put please no. You don't say please understand. Because Either they're going to know and understand from what you're communicating to them. If you have to say, please know, or please understand, it means you're not communicating properly. So please know is as though you don't believe that they understand what you've said and you believe that you're not good enough to articulate what you mean. In any case, please know that one of our top priorities is continuing to create the best experience possible for our fans this season and beyond. It's very low in the top echelon. One of our top priorities. I like to stay away from those platitudes. I used, to, I used to use them a lot. The problem is if people are reading that, they're smiling, right? They're smiling. It's not one of their top priorities. Makes no difference. <laughs> and then the last line is my last line of this segment. We are deeply grateful for your continued support of our organization. And that they're saying that as they put the knife in the back of the fence. And I know because I've yielded that knife. Obviously, metaphorical. It's metaphorical, Coca. It's not a real knife. Oakland A's, Viva Las Vegas. You can bet that there will be the Goldman family in Vegas and many, many landowners and casino owners trying to see if they can get the Oakland A's to Las Vegas. Is it going to happen? Should we do a wait to see? Nah, not yet. Okay. Oh, did you see what happened last night? We have a segment. We're about to do a sponsored segment. Ready? 68-49-69. Raising the Bar presented by Sonos Arc. Update the Drew Robinson story. Do you remember on February 4th, 2021, if you look back, if you're new to nothing personal, go back to that episode. It was a good one. We review a movie every day. We review a movie called Alive, the Drew Robinson story. He's a former, I think, fourth round pick of the Texas Rangers. And his baseball career never really panned out. It was back in 2010. And he went into a deep, dark place and tried to take his life. And he shot himself in the head. And he sat there and did not call the police. He did not call an ambulance for what I think was almost a day. And by the time he decided to live and that he wanted to live, he called an ambulance and he had lost basically an eye. And as you know, in baseball, it is very hard to play baseball if you do not have two eyes. You need really, really good vision. And Drew Robinson decided that he was gonna try to play baseball again. He decided in that moment with blood gushing from his head, et cetera, that he wanted to live and that he had somehow been saved by the grace of God. It's a great movie, a great story. And the San Francisco Giants gave him a chance to continue his comeback. And so he signed with the Giants and they signed him to AAA. AAA is a place where you don't put your best prospects. You put guys who are on the old side, you do bullpen arms who are on the train, the option train back and forth to the big leagues during the course of the year. But your best position player prospects are always at AA but Drew Robinson is no longer a top prospect, drafted 11 years ago, but he's in AAA playing for the Sacramento Rivercats. And last night, Drew Robinson hit a home run. And it brought chills to me when I saw the highlight, thinking about what can happen when you get to the brink, you're holding on for dear life by your fingernails to the side of a cliff, you feel yourself falling down And something happens to you, something washes over you that says, climb back up, grab a foothold, a toehold, anything you can, and see if you can make it through the gauntlet that is life and see it for the greatness that it can be. Be the greatness that you want to be instead of the despondency about what you feel you can't be any longer. Obviously, way easier said than done, believe me. But Drew Robinson has done it. Is his comeback complete with a home run at Triple-A? If this were a Hollywood movie, his comeback would be complete with a major league at bat for the San Francisco Giants. The Giants who have the best record in baseball, they're not going to spend a roster spot for a good Hollywood story. But I'll tell you one thing, Drew Robinson is just starting his comeback and I want to congratulate him because Drew, you have raised the bar in a way that will set an example for millions of people around this country and globe. You know who's not setting a good example and it's not a sponsored segment. Did you listen to the Bob Bafford stuff we did the other day? I think it was, I don't remember when it was. Bob Bafford is the horse trainer. He he trained the Kentucky Derby winner, Medina Spirit, and then got banged because Medina Spirit had too much, too many drugs in, in the system. And and uh, Bob Baffert said, No, it can't be me. I'm the greatest. Something's wrong here in horse racing. Meanwhile, he's he's drugged his horses forever. Bob Baffert said, I'm going to investigate. The reason I'm revisiting this is this is my GMAB segment today. I don't think I do this segment every day, Coco, but it's a good one. Bob Baffert, GMAB. Give me a break. I got to tell you what he said. It's too good to be true. (laughs) Okay, so here's what Bob Baffert does for a living, uh, in case you don't know. He trains horses. When players in baseball would tell me, man, I didn't know I took steroids. How would I even know that? I know they're lying to me because baseball players, their body is their temple. Everything that goes into their body, they know exactly what it is, whether it's late night pizza, whether it's late night Chick-fil-A, whether it's early night McDonald's, whether it's a salad made by a chef, whether it's a needle in their ass, they know what's going in their bodies. And they know whether it's vitamin B12 or a steroid when they've got a little needle in the Tuchis region. Bob Baffer, when you're training a horse, you know exactly what is being put in your horse, everything in it. You know exactly what the horse is being tested for. You know exactly the amount of the of the stuff that can be in a horse. So Bob Baffert did his investigation. It didn't take him long. Coco, when was the show? I I, I don't remember whether it was this week or last week. I don't remember when the derby was. But he's been investigating since that time. And here's what Bob Baffert discovered in his investigation. It's pretty good. He said, on May 8th, I was informed by the Kentucky Horse Racing Commission that Medina Spirits allegedly tested positive for 21 picograms of something that I can't pronounce. The next day, I held a press conference in which I stated I intended to thoroughly investigate. What date is it today, Coca? Oh, it's the Wednesday, the 12th. Okay, so three days. That's a pretty thorough investigation. I hope he's not looking for someone who did anything wrong to someone in his family because three days would be pretty hard to do anything, right? So following the Santa Anita Derby, he said, Medina's spirit developed dermatitis on his hind end. Coke and I had an argument before the show. I thought his hind end was his hoof on the backside, and apparently his hind end means his ass, but I'm I'm still not sure that's right. But either way, he had dermatitis. I don't know if that's what people get, we get, or just horses get. But either way, he had dermatitis. So I had him checked out by my veterinarian. Notice he said my veterinarian, not the veterinarian. If he had said the veterinarian, he could start spinning a story that he had no idea what the veterinarian had done to his horse. But he said my veterinarian, who recommended the use of an antifungal ointment called automax. The veterinary recommendation was to apply the ointment daily to give the horse relief, help heal the dermatitis and prevent it from spreading. All of those are very noble causes. My barn followed this recommendation and Medina's spirit was treated with automax once a day up until the day before the derby. Here it goes, ready? This is too good. Buried in the paragraph of the statement. Just yesterday, I was informed that one of the substances in automax is betamethylsosone, which is what he tested positive for. <laughs> Let me just get this straight. He started the investigation on the 9th And it took a day because yesterday was the 11th when he released this. And in the statement, he says, yesterday was informed that'd be the 10th. So it starts the 9th. It took a day for someone to say, hey, Bob, you know, you ought to be careful with what you're saying about Medina's spirit, because remember the automax that we treated him? Yeah, that's got the drug in it. Yeah, you knew that. Yeah, okay. And then he said, well, we do not definitively know. This was the source of the 21 picograms. I've been told by equine pharmacology experts that this could explain the test results. Here's how it goes. I'm sorry, I can't stop laughing. Hi, it's Bob Baffert. I looked in Google, and apparently you're an equine pharmacology expert. And I was just curious, is it for sure that you can find that head Hedemothalcline in the Automax? because I never knew that. I, I put Automax on all my horses, right? When they get dermatitis right in their hind foot, hind end, I don't want it to spread. And I thought that it would only had 14 picograms. And now what you're telling me that 21 picograms? Are you sure you're an equine pharmacology expert? What a crock of crap. Bob Baffert is up to it. And he ended his statement the way everybody who's lying ends a statement. I wanted to be forthright about this fact as soon as I learned of this information. Bob Baffert is so full of it that it's coming out of his ears. He's going to need some automax somewhere. I'll tell you that because he's going to have dermatitis. He's in trouble. He really is. So Medina Spirit gets to go to the Preakness, though, which is amazing because they haven't yet disqualified Medina Spirit. So in theory, he could win the Preakness, win the Belmont, get disqualified from the Derby and not be the Triple Crown winner. There was an agreement reached, though and this is funny because the Preakness reached an agreement with Bob Baffert and all the lawyers where there'll be additional testing, monitoring, like a watch list to make sure that there's integrity leading up to the Preakness. And so if you've just been caught and, uh, for steroids in baseball, only Robinson Cano gets caught for steroids and then keeps doing steroids. The majority of guys get caught, get the contract they want, and then stop doing the steroids because they don't want to get caught again. They get paid the guaranteed money, and they go on with their lives. They stink after that, but they go on with their lives. Hey, Bobby Baffert. Good luck in the preakness. When we come back, we are going to review a movie that everyone assumes I had seen and I watched for the first time on this road trip. We will be right back. Welcome back to Nothing Personal. You found us. Thank you for downloading and subscribing. Thank you for following. Thank you for telling your friends about us. And also on Apple, thank you for rating and reviewing. We do appreciate that. You can ask questions anytime you want during your rates and reviews. We do an end of month mailbag episode. We do a So You Want to Talk to Sam's. We do all sorts of stuff. I wanted to tell you that the other thing that I do, even when I'm on the road, I'm in quite a rhythm now. Nothing Personal is on a road trip. Where I'll be today, wait to see. But I will tell you, viva Las Vegas. That's not what I want to tell you. I want to tell you that I watched finally a movie called Blue Chips. And I watched Blue Chips in a movie theater. And I have where I live, I have the Sonos system everywhere in my theater. Now, this is a paid advertisement, but listen to me. When I put Sonos in all over where I live and all over my phone and all over the, where I watch movies and where I listen to music in the basement or wherever I am, I did not know that Sonos would be a sponsor of nothing personal. I did it because Sonos is the best. And the Sonos Arc is a sound um, bar. And from that, you realize what great sound is versus what the TVs give you by themselves. Sonos somehow has the technology and it's all on an app. I use my app to do everything. Not only can I listen to music, I can turn everything on and off. I can listen to different stations. So I can listen to my eighties, or I can listen to Springsteen or Hornsby or Johnny Cash, or I can listen to jazz or Billy Eilish, or I can listen to Joe Bonamassa, whoever I wanna listen to, there's different stations. So there's radio, and then you have your own playlist that you can do through Sonos. It's really quite fabulous. I mean, I I don't I'm not getting anything. I was supposed to get free stuff from them as part of this sponsorship. Every piece of Sonos I have everywhere I bought. But I'm only telling you I like it because I wouldn't promote a product at all that I didn't like. So get yourself Sonos. The juice is well worth the squeeze. So the movie I watched was a movie that didn't need Sonos. (laughs) It's true. I'm on the road. I don't have the soundbar. I'm watching. I wish they could put a sound bar, a traveling soundbar, Sonos bar. Do they have this, Coca? If so, can we get them to send one to us? They'll charge us triple, I'm sure, and CBS will take a cut. But is there a bar you can put under your iPad or your laptop? Because I'm still watching movies every day. I finally watched Blue Chips. Can you believe that? I'd never seen Blue Chips with Nick Nolte and Shaq and Penny and Mary McDonald. Mary McDonald from uh, Grand Canyon. Love Mary McDonald. I don't think people know Mary McDonald from that, even though that's a top five movie. Blue Chips is about a subject that I really want to talk about for a minute or two. It's about all of the stuff that goes on in college sports and recruiting. And Nick Nolte plays a coach who doesn't want to break the rules. The problem is his team stinks. And a booster who's played by an actor named, oh, Coca, I want to say, M. Emmett Walsh, but it could be J. Emmett Walsh. And I believe he may have passed away, but he's that good that I can't remember which exactly his first initial is. And he's one of those guys who's been in a thousand movies. In any case, he's the booster for Nick Nolte's team and says, your team stinks. J.T. Walsh, thank you. It was J.T. Walsh, thank you, Coca. And so J. Emmett Walsh must be someone else. I'm not sure. I don't know where my brain is. Viva Las Vegas. So what do you do when your program stinks and it used to be good and you want to be good again and you want to get good players? Do you break the rules? Do you allow your boosters to give Shaq a car or to give a house to Penny's family? What do you do? Do you think that there is not an abuse that goes on when you're recruiting kids, paying kids in cash? All of a sudden, a new tractor shows up at a farm boy's house in Indiana. College athletics is crooked. You know it, and I know it. Every team is vi- in violation because every team is trying to get the best players, and to get the best players, they are bidding out their services because they want to get paid for what they do. And now, college and the NCAA is saying, "Don't worry, we're going to do NIL (name, image, likeness). We're going to get you paid." Don't go to Georgia, though, because if you go to Georgia and you want to get paid, then 75% of what you get paid goes into a pool and gets split amongst other athletes. So don't go to Georgia. But you can go to other states and we'll give you money. We're going to get you a car deal. We'll get you sweet threads, good clothes. Maybe we'll get some stuff for your parents, your mommy, your grandma, maybe your kids if you have any. And do you think the coaches are not a part of that? Do you think the athletics directors don't know about that? I hate to break your bubble. I know college athletes is a big business for CBS. It's a big business for most networks, college football, college basketball. It's huge. Do you think we're all complicit? I do. Do you think that it's a problem what we're doing? I don't. The problem is that we pretend we're not doing it we lie about the fact that we're doing it for no particular reason. All you have to do is say, yeah, we are not going to do anything other than be forthright with you. We are offering these five players the following amount of money, goods, and services, because they're the best. Do you think that Miguel Rojas of the Marlins is upset having gotten a contract, let's say for $4 million, that Francisco Lindor got a contract for $30 million? Do you think he's jealous? No, he knows he's not as good as Francisco Lindor. In college, do you think a third level recruit is going to be upset that a top recruited Alabama is getting more than he is to be a starter at a lesser school? There is a hierarchy of talent There is a hierarchy of skill. There is a hierarchy of of remuneration. That is the way of the world. Do you know why you don't make more money than your boss? Because you're not your boss. When you become your boss, you'll make more money than the people who work for you. If you have a skill that other people don't have, you will make more money for doing that skill than someone doing that skill who doesn't have that skill so therefore can't do it. Do you think there's a reason some people make Money doing podcasts and some people don't. Okay, I got to go to pick of the day right now. Coca, can we do that, please? I'm a little annoyed. We have to talk about Shohei Otani. So we're 62 and 42. We went one and one. I really thought the Suns would beat the Warriors last night. I would not want to play the Golden State Warriors right now in any first round, in any second round. Can you imagine if they come back without Durant, without Clay, and it's just basically Draymond Green? And uh, what's the what's the shooter, the guy who Steve Kerr said will break the record and have 14 threes in a game and break Klay Thompson's record? Um, I can't remember. I think it's Del Curry. I'm kidding. I know it's Del Curry's son. The Warriors beat the Suns outright, so we lost that pick. But we had the Astros beating Otani. We had Lance McCullers having a great game against the Angels, and he did. We had Otani struggling with command, and he didn't. Otani went seven innings. Ohtani batted second and then got replaced in the eighth, went to play right field. The bullpen gave it up. The Astros won 5-1. We get to go to 62 and 42. And Joe Madden, the manager of the Astros, sorry, 68, 42, 69. And Joe Madden, the manager of the Angels, gets to say, what an exciting game. What we're looking at is greatness. Everyone's Goo Goo Gaga. It's the lead story in every morning news show highlights. Shohei Otani, a unicorn. Do you know what my viewers of that? He may be. It's fun to watch. I'm all in. But do you know what I care about more than Shohei Otani? I care about winning. That's all I care about. It doesn't matter to me if you've never heard of one of our players. It doesn't matter to me if every one of our players can only do one thing, have one skill. Hey, you're only good at hitting with a two-one count. All right, can you really hit with the two-one count? Because I want you on the team. Hey, you, you can only get lefties out in the sixth inning. Is that really all you can do? Can you really show me that you can get all lefties out in the sixth inning? All right, you're on the team. Hey, what about you? You can pitch the ninth inning? That would be amazing. You're in. Do you know where the Angels are ranked? Anybody? They're in last place. Last place. Coke and I always talked about when last year's World Series happened between the Rays and the Dodgers, we had a conversation because it annoyed me that no one had heard of anyone in the Rays. I'd heard of Nick Anderson and Castillo and their starting pitching. Remember, they had Morton and Glasnow. Just they were a very deep team. But very few people had heard of these players. Both the Dodgers, everyone knew about Bellinger and Kershaw and Jansen and blah, blah, blah. Now yeah, the Dodgers did win, but the Rays won the pennant. And you know what the Los Angeles Angels were doing with Shohei Ohtani and Mike Trout? Yeah, they were eating popcorn in a movie theater with a Sonos. I don't even know what it is. What is it, Coco? An arc? (laughs) I don't think they're going to cut that part for the the promo. (laughs) So I had to do a clean segment on Nothing Personal that I think Sonos is going to clip and then release somewhere. And it's not going to be that one where I stumbled and saying, what is it? A Sonos arc? Is it an arch <laughs> anyway? So Mike Trout's watching the playoffs. No one heard of anyone in the Rays. They won the pennant. The Rays have been great. The A's, they have no place to play. They've been great. No one's heard of anybody on the A's. Everybody's heard of everyone on the angels. They keep signing free agents and they can't win. So what would you like as a fan base? Do you want your team to have a player who's famous and really fun to watch? Or do you want to go to October baseball and win and have a ring and say that you are part of a world championship team? Or do you want to watch Shohei Otani play right field in the eighth and ninth inning because he wanted an extra at bat because he bats second in the lineup? I know what I want is pretty clear. I want more rings. I want more wins, period well, we're 62 and 42. We're still 20 games over. Big game today. I can't figure out why the Atlanta Braves pitching is so bad. They better raise their bar, Coca. They better raise their bar. Freed is struggling mightily, but the Braves are in it. The Braves lineup is going to come together. Tough game today against Ryu with the Blue Jays, but here's the pick. Max Freed, what's his ERA, Coca? I think it's like six, five, six. It's just terrible. In in an era right now, era, get it? An era of ERAs that everyone seems to have a one or a two ERA. Everyone's pitching well. No one can hit. And his ERA is over eight, I think. Ah, thank you, Coca. 844. Am I really picking Freed over Ryu? Ryu's got a much better ERA. He's a much better pitcher. Ooh, that's not really good. Well, guess what? The Braves happen to be small favorites, but we're taking them. Braves over Blue Jays. Freed over Ryu. Here come the Bravos. What else is going on in baseball, Coca? You know what I want. (laughs) I want to talk to Samson. Please watch the show from yesterday, May 11th, and notice the half baked shirt I was wearing. If you go on YouTube, Nothing Personal with David Samson. Today I'm back to my Nothing Personal sweatshirt, which I'm working with CBS, trying to make them available for you because so many of you want to buy them. I'm in. I may just have to go. One listener reached out, Coca, and said that he would print these for us. I think what he meant is if we pay for the sweatshirts, pay for the printing, he'd do the business for us. That would be cool. Should we just start a retail shop and an online presence on our own? Because CBS is taking forever. I think they released a bunch of merchandise for a bunch of other of their shows, didn't they? What about us? We're going to have to do it ourselves, Coca. So you want to talk to Samson? is when you go to Twitter at David P. Sampson, hit follow, watch some videos of where the Nothing Personal Road Trip is, watch some tweets, read some tweets, have some fun. I have fun on Twitter. I don't break stories. I'm not a reporter. I'm not, I don't have sources. It's not what I do. I'm an opinion influencer. My therapist just called me that. You're an opinion influencer, David. Be careful. Okay, noted Thank you. So you can go into my DMs, which are open to the public. And it's not a problem. There's just more and more as the show gets bigger and bigger. But this was a good one. And we do a show. We do a segment called So You Want to Talk to Samson, which is from Half Baked. If players and coaches can test positive after being vaccinated, why are leagues promoting the vaccination and having it come with the loosening of protocols? The reason I'm addressing that is because we got a problem in our country at the moment. It's not a problem that people can't get vaccinated. That was the problem a few months ago. You had to drive five hours. Everyone wanted it. There was a black market for vaccines. You got one? where did you get it? Can I get one? We got to go online, hit refresh, hit refresh, get an appointment. The next appointment is six weeks from now, eight hours away. I'll take it. Then I got to go eight hours again, four weeks from that, done. Now you can get them at a ballpark. You can get them at a pharmacy. You can get them without an appointment. There are actually more vaccines available than people who want vaccines. What could be the reason you do not want to be vaccinated? Is it that you think it's bad for you? You think the science doesn't show it's going to help you not get COVID? Well, Phil Nevin got COVID, Yankees coach. First, it was reported that five people on the Yankees had COVID, that it was an outbreak. Turns out that Phil Nevin has it. He's a coach, and he's fully vaccinated. Oh, my God, the anti-vaxxers are in heaven. They're out there on Beale Street saying, look, no reason to be vaxxed. You can still get COVID. Okay. Are you aware what the vaccine is for? The vaccine is for when you do get COVID. If you do get COVID, with the vaccine, that the symptoms will be lesser, and the likelihood of hospitalization or death goes to almost zero. Is that a deal worth doing for a shot in your arm? It doesn't mean you start coughing and sneezing on people. It doesn't mean you act irresponsibly. It doesn't necessarily mean you have to wear a mask outside. What it does mean is you have to act responsibly because when when you are vaccinated. What it means is that you are, in, you are better protected. So Phil Nevin testing positive is not the end of the world as we know it, and I feel fine, Michael Stipe. It is simply the reality of the world that we are in right now, whereas Garrett Cole so aptly said, it's possible we're dealing with COVID and vaxxes and this sort of stopping and starting for years to come. It doesn't just disappear when the vaccine comes. We're gonna learn more about how it spread, why it spread, what we can do to stop it spread. Medicines will come up. What about the first people who got the flu before Tylenol flu was invented? Or, Or Mucinex. All I'm saying is, that we have to incentivize people to get vaccinated because that gives us the best chance to return to what our new normal will be. And new normal is that we're going to use sanitizer. There's going to be social distancing. Hugging a stranger may be a tough New Year's resolution to get through, but I'm going to get through it. COVID's not going anywhere. Fernando Tatis tested positive as well. He's on the Padres. It's a pretty big deal. Why is it a big deal? Because the protocols say, when you test positive, you're out 10 days immediately. And then even if you're symptom free, you're still out 10 minutes. And then you need a negative test. If you are in contact with the person who tested positive, even if you are asymptomatic, you can only come back after seven days with the negative PCR test after five days. These protocols are not going anywhere, folks. And there are teams who are going to get unlucky. There are players who are going to get unlucky who could be being totally responsible. I was completely responsible when I got COVID back in January. I have no idea how I got it, but I did. And I still feel the impact. I still have no taste or smell coca, by the way, which stinks because I love candy so much. In any case, the reason why players and coaches can test positive after being vaccinated is that that's how it happens in real life. If you get a flu shot, sometimes you can still get the flu but Leeds will continue to try to get 85% so they can relax the protocols and there will be a level of sickness and a level of people getting COVID that will be acceptable where the games will go on. I think the Yankees are playing without Phil Nevin, aren't they? Okay, wait to see. Wait to see is where we talk about something that is gonna happen, may happen, may not happen. We then follow up on it, which I promise you we do. At some point, we will tell you when something's happened versus when it hasn't happened, and we'll revisit the wait to see. I've got a wait to see on a topic of our friend A-Rod. Word came out yesterday that A-Rod and his exclusive negotiating window to buy the Minnesota Timberwolves has expired. I wanted to explain to you what that is. When you are selling a team, you want as many bidders as possible. When you think you've identified which bidder you want at a price that you want, Often that buyer will say, I want an exclusive negotiating window to finish the deal because I don't want you taking the $1.5 billion I offered to buy the Wolves and going to someone else and trying to get $1.51. So you're stuck with me for 30 days. Let's get to a deal. We have an agreement on price. A-Rod got into an exclusive negotiating window with Glenn Taylor to buy the Timberwolves. Except it was reported, of course, A Rod was a part of this, that he had bought the Timberwolves. And I told you, no, he had not bought the Timberwolves. He was simply in an exclusive negotiating period, which was likely going to run out. And so it has. Now, A Rod can go to all the Timberwolves games he wants in Minnesota. He can walk around Minnesota. He can go with Benefer and go to a game in Miami when the Timberwolves play Miami. He can tour one of the 10,000 lakes. He can do whatever he wants. But what he's not doing is buying the Timberwolves because A-Rod is the consummate window shopper. It's what he does. We actually had an exclusive window to sell to the Kushners. We couldn't sell to Jared Kushner or Charlie Kushner, but there's another brother who's married to Carly Kloss, and we had a deal to sell the Marlins to them, but it was an exclusive negotiating window. I was still continuing to talk to A-Rod and Jeter, of course, but we could not do anything with anybody during that period of time. And of course, it ran out, and that was the end of the Kushners because they were not going to be approved and whatever. We used it perfectly. I don't know what I call them, but his name is Josh Kushner. He's really a good guy, actually. He uh, as Whatever you want to say about Jared and Charlie, Josh Kushner is different than they are. He is a really, really good guy. So I wanted to just give you this way to see and let you know what's going to happen in Minnesota. Uh, there's going to be a different group, and it's not going to have A-Rod. There's going to be another deal put in place. It could involve Mark Lore. Who actually was working with A-Rod, but I actually don't think it is. But the way to see is A Rod based. Wait to see. A Rod is not buying the Minnesota Timberwolves. Well, that's our show. Thank you for being a part of it. I'm gonna go listen to the Sonos arc right now, watch a little movie and get on the road. Because it's just business. This is nothing personal.